often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 539. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, recording once again inside the Slapbox penthouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> ah. Still adjusting to life. As uh, working in a different job, in the uh, real physical nature of uh, of doing uh, steel work, I guess you would say, doing the tack welding. And man, my hands, my hands are uh, my hands are are a bit uh, bloated and sore. And uh, I, I've, you know, I've been uh, taking a lot of a leave. I'm about to just start, I think, grinding up and snorting it, maybe mainlining it. <laughs> Get an IV of a leave. What sucks is, you know, I get tired and I have to sleep a lot from it. Like my day off, you know, Saturdays, man, I've just, I just fucking black out from Saturdays. But sleeping like makes it worse. Because the more you don't move, the more stiff and sore you get. So <laughs> when I fucking finally get up, I like it's like, oh fuck! I wish I didn't sleep at all. Just kept going. Would have been, <laughs> would have felt better. It's 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 brutal. It takes a couple of days to get uh, of uh, not doing it to get my body kind of back to to some norm normality. It's it's still month and a half in, and I'm still like adjusting to it. I'm hoping it at least gets a little bit easier. But as it is, that's that's uh, that's uh, just how it is. That's how it is. Um, I wish just my hands would get a little bit better because it makes it a little bit difficult to play guitar as I've been continuing to do so. Like uh, at least uh, you know once once a day at nighttime, rocking the old Adam Jones Gibson Les Paul standard that I have that. Uh, Again, I've said this, uh, I guess, several times, but the one possession I own that uh, they'd have to pry out of my cold, dead hands. Um, the bank can take my house, my car, and pretty much anything else. You know, I'd be a little sad if they took the cat. The guitar, though, I mean, they're really going to have to... They're going to have to pry that out of my cold, dead hands. Like, uh, all Charlton Heston style. Those damn dirty apes. <laughs> I'm gonna have to pry that shit out of my <laughs> the the apes being the you know the planet of the apes that not making some kind of Howard Cosell racist remark at all um, <laughs> or some conspiratorial ra- uh, you know thing that's that's all the rage these days all the rage thanks yay thanks for that making. All that stuff popular once again. I mean, it was b- popular before Kanye decided to go full anti-Semite, but uh, I mean, it's been making a comeback for quite some time, all over the world, and uh, and yeah, uh, 
I had to get a Red Bull in me before starting this. And I slept a bunch today, and I felt pretty pretty salad before going in. And then uh, then I dropped a deuce, a massive deuce, and that for whatever reason just took all my energy and really flushed it down the toilet with it. <laughs> just just all of it just gone, gone from my body. And, uh, oh, man, I even had some wings earlier. I went to Schnooks, got the wing bar, because they went a long time there. The One of my favorite things about Schnooks is the fucking wing bar. And they've had it for quite a few years, but then the pandemic hit, and they got rid of it for a while. And I didn't think they were going to bring it back at all, and it wasn't until a couple months ago, I guess. That they they finally like brought it back and it had been gone for quite a while at least, fuck over a year. It was you know. Um, I feel like when the pandemic initially hit, like they they stopped doing it and then brought it back briefly and they got rid of it again. Sort of situation. I don't remember the timeline, but man, it's back. It's back, baby. You can get your wings. At Schnucks, if you live in the St. Louis area, fuck yeah. Well, I don't know about, I know the Washington's got it. I don't know that every Schnucks has a wing bar. But the ones that do, I mean, it seems like a must for any good grocery stores to have a wing bar. I mean, you go up there, the way Schnucks does it is if you get the smaller container, I think it goes by per pound, how much you get charged, and then there's the buckets. You got small bucket and large bucket. Now, the prices used to be better. Of course, inflation's a real bitch, as everyone is aware these days. Um, and the smaller bucket, I th- think I think I paid 13 today for the smaller bucket. Maybe it was 14 It was between like 13 to $14, I'm, and then the, the big bucket's like 16 or 17 something like that. And the buckets, of course, it's that's what you get per bucket. You're filling the bucket yourself. It's not going by pounds, so as many fucking wings as you can manage to stuff into that bucket <laughs> is uh, what you're going to pay for, uh, that, that set amount. It, again, doesn't change with the weight unless you do the small container that's not a bucket. Then you're paying per pound, and and yeah, I get the fucking bucket. Don't fuck around. Get the bucket. <laughs> Although the sauces, I wasn't too crazy about the sauces tonight. I like it when they use Cybergs. That's a good one. And they have, a, I guess, like a Nashville dry rub that they do sometimes. Or like a Cajun dry rub. That, that's pretty solid. Uh, Emos. The Emos one's decent. Um, the ones they were had tonight, man. I'm, I used to use the, what is it, the extract or whatever, like where it's not. Like, there's the Louisiana hot sauce, and I know if you're familiar with the Hot One series, Da Bomb, Beyond Insanity, it's like an extract one where it's... Initially, those sauces, when they were created, it's meant to just, like, put a couple of drops in, like, some say, some spaghetti sauce. I mean, like, a couple of drops and then mix it in. Because the stuff doesn't really have flavor. It's just straight heat. And I like flavor. I like having a lot of flavor in there. One of my favorite hot sauces, um, don't remember who the manufacturer was, but uh, when uh, we did years ago, when we did on the show where we did the lineup from the Hot Ones season six, if I'm not 
uh, mistaken, gotten all the sauces. But there was a ghost pepper, uh, blueberry ghost pepper sauce that was fantastic, and it was it was pretty hot. I mean, it wasn't insanely hot. Um, let's see if I can find this motherfucker. Uh, that looks kind of like maybe it. This is uh, that's not it. <laughs> I don't think I mean there apparently there's several people that make it. And the ghost pepper ghost pepper's got some heat, man. It's got some heat. Um it does look like several manufacturers make it, like Bravado here has got one. I don't think Bravado was the one that I got it, but I guess maybe it was. The label doesn't re- uh, look Six out of, according to theheatnist.com, they've got a six out of ten out of, out of heat. So it's got some bite, but man, the flavor, that blueberry, it tastes so fucking good. I feel like this is the one that I the brand perhaps is the Bravado. Not 100% sure on that, though. Uh, this is what they have for the info on that one. The bold, heat, and fruit flavor of ghost pepper plays a confident counterpart to the blueberries that make the base of this hot sauce. A healthy dose of ground black pepper makes its presence known in the finish. Pours easily, so watch out. Goes great with poultry, so definitely consider it for a chicken, turkey, or game hen. Let's see here some reviews. Um, I don't see... Oh, here we go. Here's... This is from Lori R. She's a verified buyer. This is uh September of this year. Um heat preference. She she prefers the hot sauce application, cooking and marinating, mealtime, dinner usage. I should use more. <laughs> nice. Vinegar just all right with me. Um I love this hot sauce. I love this hot sauce. It has a great flavor. And I make chicken wings with it. They are awesome and unique. Sometimes I add a bit of garlic, too. It's just the right amount of fruit flavor. It has a good kick and not too much burn. This is coming from someone who loves hot sauce. I'm a fan of hot sauce. And I got uh, Bill B. just says, love it. Usage daily. Mealtime, all meals. <laughs> good stuff. Heat preference for Bill is medium. Um, and he loves vinegar. Fun fact. Um, Shane uh, says, great sauce. Yes, you can taste the blueberries. So delicious. However, that ghost pepper does not and will not be ignored as it grabs your attention and lets you know that without a doubt, I'm a ghost pepper and I'm here. Good stuff. That Yeah, it seems like all like positive reviews. Maybe they're just... I imagine you got to search out the bad reviews. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of, uh, blueberry ghost pepper. That is, that is, that is some good shit. Uh, now I would love it if I could go to Schnooks's wing bar and get me some of that. Maybe I should, uh, pick up some of that. I haven't had that in uh, several years. Get a bottle of that. When I hit the wing bar next time, I could just simply pick up some, uh, cause they usually have, was it two or three? Wings in the wing bar that are 
already coated in sauce, and then they'll have uh, some that are uncoated, just plain wings. And if I just get those plain wings, take them on home, get that big metal mixing bowl, pop in some of that blueberry ghost pepper, and just toss them. Tossing them like I'm tossing a salad. Mmm. Just cover it. <laughs> now just imagine tossing a salad with the... <laughs> oh, man, that would be brutal. I don't know who that would... Well, I would imagine it would be worse for... I mean, if you're eating somebody's asshole out <laughs> with a hot sauce containing uh, blueberry ghost pepper there... Um, I would imagine it'd probably be worse for the person getting their asshole eaten out because that would burn your asshole. I imagine that'd be worse or just, I mean, you'd have to really like eating somebody's asshole out if you're going to toss a fucking hot sauce in there. (laughs) I mean, it probably wouldn't be pleasant to, to, to lick an asshole and then also have hot sauce in there, but burning your assholes not fun i've only had that experience a couple of times and it's after eating obscenely hot food thankfully i'm like it's got to be really hot for me to actually feel it on the way out and it's i i know some people say they they do it like anytime they have anything remotely hot for me it has to be like there has to be a lot of seeds from like say peppers and therefore to really burn on the way out and it's just it's just not pleasant (laughs) But I can't imagine just putting the hot sauce all over the onus on your brown eye. And then, uh, yeah, I guess it would feel better to get it licked out, give you some kind of relief. Although it may make it worse. I mean, you're just kind of shoving that hot sauce in the crevices of your... uh, (laughs) Back vagina. <laughs> oh, all over the brown town. And, uh, <laughs> uh, that, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna probably regret Google searching this, but I'm looking up toss salad. <laughs> uh, with hot sauce. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, it's coming up with recipes. Um, uh, tossing, uh, maybe if I type getting your salad tossed with hot sauce, (laughs) uh, oh, this is so wrong. This is so wrong. I know people have probably done this again, still just, just, uh, recipes. I was waiting for, you know, some, this is all recipes. Damn it. Where's the, I want to hear bad stuff. Hmm. This is a, internet, you're letting me down now. You're letting me down. (laughs) I, I do see the urban dictionary saying the, uh, you know, meaning of getting your salad tossed. Uh, there's a, yeah, they're not, they're not helping me out. It just shows the, there's a Chris Rock tossing salad joke, which went from 
talking about getting your salad tossed in jail, would you prefer syrup or jelly? <laughs> I'm gonna. I guess. I guess syrup. Because <laughs> I'm thinking. I don't know how that would be pleasurable for the person getting their asshole eaten out. I mean, if anything, that might be better for the person. Like, if you had something pleasurable to lick, it might be pleasurable. Yeah, the tonguing person might have, you know, a better time. As the uh, person, again, asshole getting eaten out. I don't know that putting a hot sauce. Definitely not a hot sauce. That's going to be excruciating. You're going to have to like pain. That's going to have to be part of your kink. Now, jelly or syrup, that just, again... Like, you're going to have a sticky asshole afterwards. Even with them licking it off, you know, I would imagine. Or not. You know, maybe this person's quite the roto-rooter. And just, bla- like, does, like, a power washing with the tongue. And, uh... <laughs> clears it out. You've never been more clean, you know? It's like getting a good bidet. With with a tongue. Which does remind me, and I, I brought this up years ago when it when it happened. I think I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast, but again, it was this was like over a dec or close to a decade ago. It was near the beginning of the podcast, but there was a time I went to the bar, the the landing, and I was kind of sort on a date, not really, but I was there uh, with a, a female who's unfortunately passed away. She was awesome, uh, uh, Christina. That uh, <coughs> that I was good friends with, and uh, I was hanging out with her. Again, it wasn't really a date. It was kind of, not really. I don't know what it was. Um, nothing ended up happening between the two of us, but uh, she she was really cool. And uh, that's <laughs> beyond the point of the story. <laughs> has nothing really to do with it. Um, we were there, and uh, Trebejo was there. I, be- I believe Tre- maybe he wasn't there. He might have been there. It was like karaoke night, I think. Anyway, I was hanging out at the bar with a few people, and uh, Christina left to go to the bathroom or something or talk to some other friends because she was a waitress there at the landing. And uh, <laughs> this other woman comes up to me. She was attractive, uh, but she comes up to me didn't didn't know me. I didn't know her. Or maybe she knew of me. I don't. I don't know. I don't know her, any of her backstory. I know nothing about this woman to this day. Um, but she comes up to me and there's no asking, uh, Hey, what's your name? How you doing? None of that stuff. Just leans over to me and says, I would totally eat out your asshole. And I was just confused by that. I was not, you know, there was no (laughs) hello. There was no hello. There was none of that before. It was just, I would totally eat out your asshole. I'm not sure what she was expecting out of me at that point. (laughs) Maybe some hot sauce on my asshole? I'm not sure. But uh, I think I said thanks. <laughs> like With like a thanks? Like almost with a question mark at the end? Like I get, you know, I guess that's. And like what it, like what, when you're into like say eating someone's asshole, which I've never, I've never tried it to be fair, but um, it's not something I was like, you know what? I want to eat out an asshole. Shit comes out of there. Not not something that I've uh, ever had the desire to do, but you know it begged my. I mean, it sparked my curiosity that I was like, what What was it about me? What do you look for at a person when you go? You know what? I bet they have 
a yummy asshole. You know, I don't, is it a, maybe she walked by and there was a certain smell? Because I can't imagine. <laughs> I mean, I, you could probably look at someone and tell that they, you know, shower and clean. And maybe that's, that should hopefully be a, a plus that th- that they're a clean person. I would imagine, although, you know, maybe you're into more battery tasting. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it was. I was thoroughly confused. But then, of course, I was also hanging out with Christina there, and I thought that perhaps this was a friend of hers or somebody she put up to at just saying this to me to kind of fuck with me. To this day, I, I don't really know. She, When she came back to the table and her and her friend, I was like, I told her what happened. I was like... <laughs> You know, we laughed about it and everything, and uh, she claimed to, uh, that she did not put her put her up to that. Um, I think I think she knew her, or kind, of, or maybe I don't remember. I don't. It was so many years ago. I'd have to dig up the podcast when that happened, and I I don't know how to find that. I mean, there's over 500 of these episodes, and I don't think that. I I mean, I had to go look through like all the show notes to get to maybe find it. <laughs> That's a lot of hours of podcast listening to. Um, <laughs> I mean, I would know it was in the first couple of years of the show. I I do know that, so I could I could narrow it down somewhat to uh, maybe a hundred or so episodes. Um, <laughs> either way, though, <laughs> I don't know that I got too involved with the story. I would hope I would have better details uh, after it first happened. Um, but again, yeah, I was thoroughly confused by that. And just like, I was like, thank, like, and was this, I was wondering, like, was it a sexual thing for her? Did she just generally like licking assholes? It was just something she did. Did she actually get off on it? Was there some, like, uh, make her wet? I'm not sure. Like, how does, (laughs) does I mean, uh, back when I was sexually active, I did like eating vaginas. And uh, there was, I mean, that did get me going. So, I mean, I guess I can kind of understand it, you know, when that that's your thing. But, again, I was like, maybe this is just like a, a, a service that she does. Maybe there's like a, she's like a, a walking bidet. And um, I don't know. I, she didn't mention any prices and that there, there was going to be a fee. <laughs> she said that. I said, thanks. And then she walked away and I never discussed talk to that woman that I ever recall again in my life, unless there was some other night where I had been drinking a bit and uh, talk to her and just don't, and I didn't remember. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure I never talked to her ever again. Pretty sure. I never got, I wanted to know more about her thinking of it. And really the question is, to me was like, what? <laughs> what was it that said? I need it like that asshole. It's not like my... I wasn't wearing buttless chaps to where you could see my asshole. And as far as I knew, my jeans didn't have any holes down there to where my ass was sticking out. And I can't say that I had a particular smell. <laughs> Pretty sure I cleaned myself up. Maybe not my asshole before I left. I don't think I shit right beforehand. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I'm not sure. This, is again, was many years ago, so I can't say that my shitting routine was the same as it is now. Um, so <laughs> still mystified by that. I wish I could go back in time to that night 
to see to see how that happened just that that little that little segment and then maybe i could go talk to this girl just to interview her to get some more insight onto that and i, I was just really confused too like you know could have been you know hey hey what's your name whatever you know what you know she could have let up i mean that was i i guess i had admired the bluntness to it <laughs> like well that's that's unique um just straight to the point, right down to it. You know what I'm saying? Right down to it. Just getting, <laughs> come through all the shit <laughs> with the tongue. Um, <laughs> normally, you know, there's the the whole, hey, nice to meet you. My name's such and such, and uh, I would like to get your asshole out. You know, that seems more polite. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I was, you know, also wondering, does, again, with the, does she do this to a lot of guys? Like, hey, and what if I, like, was she expecting me to go, okay, let's go to the back and uh, let you eat out my asshole? <laughs> uh, that's, uh, uh, I had the offered uh, from my uh, ex girlfriend actually that she would she would do that for me and I was like no, <laughs> like not only do I not want to eat out an asshole I don't really want someone to eat out my asshole to be honest it's not, and it's just uh the the whole shit coming out of their thing like I don't want, especially if it's someone you know maybe in the instance of meeting that girl at the bar and I just thought like well. I'll probably never see this girl again. And if she's okay with that and then us never talking again, then maybe, maybe this one night let that happen. That'd be the only, and even in that night when that happened, I had no desire to want to do that. Of course, it was kind of with somebody that night, (laughs) but, uh, which definitely made it a no, but, uh, definitely wouldn't have somebody I was in a relationship eat out my asshole because again, I would, probably want to kiss that person and after that I definitely would not want to do that and uh you know I don't want to get E. coli (laughs) I realize there are a lot of people that you know are into ass play and stuff and that probably you know go to brown town a lot and you know hey that's great I don't know but I've got a hang up about it I'm I'm weird I guess or not I don't know (laughs) maybe there's I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that like the the asshole licking. Um, not me though, not me. That's uh. But again, I guess you know I haven't I haven't been there, haven't done it. So, as uh, I guess I should probably not knock things that I haven't done. Anyway, <laughs> um, hard to segue out of that into into anything else. I can I can truly say though that uh that um I have not bought another guitar yet which it's been tough. I really like that Adam Jones Epiphone with the Veil of Bees thing. And uh I uh of course, it sold out within like the first day or maybe a little over a day. Whereas I, I talked about this was it last week or week before, I guess maybe so. Yeah, I know I talked about it last week. Anyway, Adam Jones, if you haven't, if you're not unfamiliar at this point, uh, there's 
the art collection series of guitars that he's put out through Epiphone with the uh, seven different versions. They've just, on December 6th, I guess it was, was the day they released version one, which was the uh, uh, the first, well, there's seven versions with art on the back, and then there's uh, apparently going to be one after that that doesn't have any art on the back that I think is going to be a more widely released guitar. Um, but the art ones, there's only 800 of each version. There's seven of those, seven different ones with 800 per version. And, of course, they got the Mark Ryden one is the only one that's been released that sold out within a day or so. And uh, it's $1,300 for that initially. And then, of course, a ton of the people that bought it out initially, which happens... Again, I talked about this last week, but man, it's just the shit drives me nuts. The the scalpers, you know, anything that people might consider collectible now, you get people buying up immediately to then resell for a lot of money because they can turn around and sell it, you know, for this guitar, they some people had it marked up for like 4 grand. And nobody as far as I know, nobody's <laughs> bought it at 4 grand, but uh the general price on Reverb and eBay's been sitting at er, around two thousand dollars for this thing. For an Epiphone that is not made in the U.S., it's made in China. And typically, Epiphones that are made there do not go over a thousand. Although inflation's uh, gotten a lot more of them, like close to and right around that a thousand mark. Where this one, of course, with the art on the back, it's a limited edition. It came out at thirteen hundred. So it's fucking expensive for a Epiphone not made in the U.S., which there's very few of them that are actually made in the U.S. Anywho, <laughs> I haven't, thankfully, bought one of those yet, though I constantly looked at the things. There's uh, eBay, of course. Uh, seems to have some where you can at least make a lower bidding on them. And uh, so far, no, nobody's really been bidding on these things that I've noticed. There's... Nobody, I guess, wants to pay that much for an Epiphone. That's the big bitch of it all. <laughs> it's like, this is a fucking Epiphone, and it's going for the price, almost to the price that I paid for my Gibson Les Paul Standard that is made in the U.S. of A. Um, and uh, it has the nitrocellulose finish, whereas this uh, Epiphone does not. And uh, I did uh, get my little upgrades, though. I think I mentioned last week. I ordered some uh, classic era from the New Orleans era uh, Gibson, the uh, Posilock, the diamond-shaped Posilock strap buttons, which ended up costing me like ninety-five dollars. <laughs> that that's you know that's a lot for a little piece of metal. I mean, this is a tiny little piece of metal. They're pretty cool, diamond-shaped, and uh, it what it was. Uh, they are hard to find because they haven't produced them for all of their stuff really since the 80s, like early 80s. It was in the 70s and 80s that they put these on guitars. And um, it's, you know, designed like a diamond and set to where it makes it harder for the strap to come off. If you have like just a circle strap button, you put your strap on, you know, you jostle it while you're standing up, you're rocking out, and then the fucking strap falls off, which is no good. You can drop your guitar. You got a Les Paul, an expensive Les Paul. You break the headstock real easy dropping it on the ground. It's no good. 
those uh strap buttons though like they've they've got them on the more expensive custom shop models of the Adam Jones and the Epiphone bastards <laughs> um but not the Les Paul standard so I ordered some of those off of eBay and paid like $95 for something that you know it's that's a bit much for a, a very small piece of metal <laughs> Two small pieces of metal, I guess, to be fair. Um, but man, those—they are—they are pretty nice. <laughs> and I got the uh, pointers for the volume knobs. I was pretty excited about that. Whereas uh, the speed knobs on my uh, the volume and tone pots there now have pointers to where you can actually see what number you're actually on when you roll off the volume or the tone, which is is very handy if you're fucking with that a lot. And if you're going to do, like, volume swells with the guitar without using the volume pedal, it's uh, it's awfully handy. And those were only, like, 25 bucks, so I don't feel too bad about that. And uh, so, yeah, I've upgraded my guitar slightly with stuff that I can just take back off and put the original shit back on in case I do have to resell it. But, again, I do plan on this being the last thing I uh, ever own when... The shit gets bad. Like, I'm holding on to that, and they'll have to pry that shit out of my cold dead hands. <laughs> It'll th- That will have to be the way I go. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I haven't bought the Epiphone yet, and I just keep looking at it. I feel like I'm going to make a bad decision. You know, tax, tax time's coming up, and <laughs> I kind of have the money. From what I understand, I've been trying to watch for other leaks of information about when the other models will release because, of course, you know, there's six other versions that are coming out. And um, there's only, like, five different artists. There's uh, Mark Ryden, who's did the Veil of Bees. That's the first one they released. Um Corin Fouts listed as well, which is his wife. She designed the art on the back of the headstock, but it's unclear the way they say it, whether or not she did any art for the back of the guitar as well. Which I feel like, and I talked about this again last week, I feel like I'm just going over shit, but she maybe she did like an Adam Jones portrait of it. But uh, yeah, anyway, the, the the only kind of new news I've heard about that since last week is that uh, I guess February 13th, I think is what I read earlier, that people are saying that the second version is going to come out now. I had heard before that it was going to be this Friday, but no, no, I'm here in February, like 13th, which the second version is supposed to be the uh, Frank Frazetti, I believe is the artist's name, that did the uh, Berserker painting, which... Uh, yeah, that should be the second release, like, in, I guess, the day before uh, Valentine's Day. Because that's what you need for Valentine's Day is a guitar with a, a barbarian on it. Which, the painting is very famous. It's been around for a long time. It looks like Conan the Barbarian, which is often what people call it. But it's actually, the title of it is The Berserker. And, of course, people have said that, uh, they believe the sound is going to be another one of the paintings that is on there because like, l- looking at the pictures from uh, that have been released where the other art's blurred out, it does look like 
the sound might be one of the other guitars. Uh, I wish I wish there was an Alex Gray one. If I if there was an Alex Gray one, which I'm glad maybe there isn't, because like if there was an Alex Gray one, I'd be like, you've goddamn right, I'd buy that fucking Alex Gray one. Which is crazy because they did just release a tool memorabilia. Alex Gray designed Crystal Skull, all Indiana Jones style, but then with the baby fetus inside of it. And, uh, but it's like $500, man. And you can't play it. <laughs> it's not a guitar. But, like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you have an Alex Gray one? And Alex Gray's done so much of the art for Tool since, I guess, uh, Lateralis is the first album that he did their art. Maybe not. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't think he did any of the artwork for Enema. Let's see. His album, I'm pretty sure he did not do any of the shit for Enema, but basically Lateralis on. There's Alex Gray. And uh, I totally dig some Alex Gray shit, yo. Why the hell isn't... uh, (laughs) I almost feel that they're kind of hiding that one. There's a... I mean, there's got to be, right? It's fucking... It's like hand in hand. Alex Gray and, and, and Tool goes definitely hand in hand. But uh, anyway, no. (laughs) Jesus, there's all kinds of tool merch, Alex Gray tool merch on eBay here that, Jesus, is an insane amount of money. (laughs) Like posters and shit. Some of them are signed. The signed ones, like this one's like five grand for a fucking poster. Like, Jesus. Ugh. I guess I'm not that big of a Tool fan. Yeah. But uh, I haven't bought that guitar, nor have I bought the Tony Iommi SG or the Noel Gallagher <laughs> Riviera Epiphone yet. Which that would be the cheapest one I could get. Um, God damn it. I, I almost... <sighs> seeing those Adam Jones Epiphones, though, man. That, that, that Veil of Bees, it is so tempting. And I really don't need another guitar at this point. I sh- <laughs> definitely don't need an Epiphone version of my Gibson. Although it does have, I mean, you know, there are a couple of Tool songs that don't use drop D tuning. And this could be like, say, a drop B guitar for me. So that would be like my prison sex guitar. Because why not have the guitar that you play prison sex on be <laughs> what appears to be a child with bees for hair? That seems to not go with the song Prison Sex. There's also uh, par- Parabola that has the weird tuning. Um, that's not drop B. It's, uh, I, I don't remember what the tuning is on that one. I never play it because it's a fucking odd tuning, and I don't have to tune my guitar to some weird fucking tuning that I won't play any other songs in. So that's kind of annoying. I like to keep my guitar in tune, you know, and if you keep changing the tunings, it, it tends to not stay in tune. Um, so if I had an Epiphone, you know, though, the, another guitar, it could just be my odd one (laughs) out of the bunch. And then, uh, 
be kind of a show guitar. Okay, look at look at those bees. Look at those bees. Look at those bees. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, d- I don't need it in the end. I don't need it. I should probably, if anything, spend some money on fixing the roof. I did happen to see the other day when I drove up that uh, it looked like there might have been some tar paper in my yard. Um, I don't know that it was from my roof or one of the neighbors. Because, of course, I live in a townhouse. It could have or could have blown over from the uh, across the street there. Not sure where it come f- came from. I didn't see any missing shingles on the roof from what I could tell down below. But I know I've had problems with the roof in the past. And, you know, it might be about time to replace that roof. As, uh, getting it fixed again, just... The roof's not... I mean, it's small. It would be fairly inexpensive when it comes to roofs in general to replace the damn thing and it would probably give me you know give me the peace of mind like hey the roof should be good for a long time now but then again there's you know i can play guitars the roof's just you know gonna protect my guitars (laughs) from the elements and you know maybe myself and my cat if it collapses, which I don't think it's going to collapse, you know, but I might have some more water damage. If I start noticing a lot more water damage, then I'm going to be like, all right, maybe it's time to to go ahead and uh, get that get that fixed. Or at least replaced. I mean, I did have it patched at least <laughs> the last time. I'm not, I'm not completely insane. Just, you know, pretty much, pretty much all there. Almost to the complete insanity but not quite if I do end up forgetting to play my powerball numbers and of course that hits that's going to be the trigger that will lead to complete insanity as I don't think my brain could ever ever completely uh, comprehend or or properly deal with that that would be that would be just horrendous to know that the jackpot hit with my numbers and I didn't play them it's great that that's my tipping point you know there could be (laughs) so many other things that could tip me off you know that would be worse things could happen to people i care about or whatever you're like you know i'll deal i'll survive i'll find a way around it but those numbers hit (laughs) and i don't get that money no that's it that's gonna be the i'm gonna be eating my own feces and uh (laughs) Babbling incoherently to the wall at all times. And then uh, quit paying my mortgage, and it's going to be just complete downhill. That that will be the end when those numbers hit, and I didn't I didn't play them. Um, not saying that my numbers are ever going to hit and that I'd actually win the Powerball, because that seems still very unlikely. Um, <laughs> somehow it seems more likely, though, if I don't play the numbers, that they will hit. <laughs> And that's just something that troubles me worse than, than uh, anything else. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. Even in my insanity days, though, when when that hits, if it, if and when that, that does become a reality, I would still probably try to hold on to that guitar as much as I could. Like, they're t- trying to take me to the nut house or whatever, you know. Put me down. <laughs> like a rabid dog be like damn it you're not taking my guitar 
So maybe I didn't pay it all off. Fuck you. I'm taking it. You you can take my life, but you can't take my guitar. Uh, man, uh, I I am uh, on a on a different note here. I have been watching the uh, Willow, as I, I've mentioned the last few weeks, I suppose. Uh, on uh, Disney Plus, Disney, um, and it it's not bad. It's not bad. I've gotten into it. You know, I I love me some Warwick Davis, you know, Willow that is, and uh, really these what's that, four. I think it's four episodes in. Four or five. I want to say it's four episodes in. I mean, this it's still just very much building out these new characters. And the story really revolves around these other characters. Willow's, of course, a main character in it. I would say the he's not like the main protagonist protagonist of the uh, show, though. Um, <clears throat> I almost feel like the younger kids are, which one weird thing about the show to me is that they are so young because the original Willow movie came out in 1988. And you would think that these people would be in their 30s, yet they're in their very young 20s. <laughs> and uh, I would think, with it being 1988, again, you know, it's it's not like this is happening in real time. This is a fictional world, so it doesn't really specify. I don't think it says how many years after the original Willow is supposed to have taken place. Um. Let's let's look up the Willow timeline, um, because uh, that might help me out here. Uh, <clears throat> let's see here. This is a uh, how long after the original film? Do to do. Uh, this is early on. This is, uh, they hadn't released it yet. I want to know. <laughs> Here we go. This is, uh, off fictionhorizon.com. Yeah. Epic. The original came out in 88. Uh, yeah. Only 20 years have passed since the defeat of Queen Badmar, uh, Morda, Bav Morda. Whereas in real time, 34 years have passed. <laughs> So really, the baby should be like 34, 35. Now, I don't know why they didn't do I guess they just wanted younger actors and to make it more of a young adult thing. But I mean, I get, that, shouldn't, that shouldn't bother. Their, I feel like that shouldn't bother me. That's one of the things that I'm like, these characters should be older. <laughs> they should be closer to my age. You bastards. I get it. You want the younger characters to uh, to draw in the younger audience. Uh, Laura Dannon should uh, should be older. Fuckers. Um, yeah, here's what they have to say. Even though more than three decades have passed since the release of the original Willow movie, only two decades have passed in the universe of the Willow series. As such, the time that has passed between the events of the two storylines isn't as large as the time that has passed in real life. So, with that said, let's take a good look at what we know about the Willow timeline. 
along smash between but yeah they just said that um yeah just more of the same shit is what they're saying uh do do and they still haven't i'm waiting to see more of the characters from the original film um i believe kevin pollack is reprising his role. He's uh, I don't remember what they call him, but he's like one of the real tiny people. Not the Pex, not what Willow is. Um but they were the 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 little munchkin thing, the the tiny, the extremely tiny people. <laughs> he's he's not it, I well I that's like the one I guess that I I know is re- supposed to be reprising a role. I've yet to see him. And this isn't a reprisal, but Christian Slater is supposed to be in the series. It was apparently a big fan of the original film. And uh, he has not made an appearance yet. So I'm curious to see what he, what or who he is playing and, like, is he, you know, is he going to be on the bad side, good side? What, what is Christian Slater exactly? With that being said, I've gone back and watched a little bit of Gleaming the Cube. If you're unfamiliar, it's one of Christian Slater's finest films. <laughs> That uh, <laughs> uh, you buy that right? Um, I'm gonna pull that up on IMDb. Let's see here. It's uh, a classic film about skating. That is skateboarding, and uh, this came out a year after the original Willow. Fun fact: Gleaming the fucking cube, and. Uh, <laughs> This is this is the massive uh, synopsis that they give you here on um, IMDb. The uh, see uh, a young avid skateboarder uncovers a government conspiracy while investigating his adopted brother's mysterious death. Uh, and that is that's basically it. But if you I mean, it is super cheese, eight mo- 80s movie, F- just fantastic. Uh, this is what the movie poster says. All he cared about was gleaming the cube until the night they killed his brother. And in the movie, he makes his own skateboard, and he makes it out of fucking, like that metal that you see on, like, uh, toolboxes in the back of trucks. <laughs> like the- which I don't know why you'd want a metal skateboard exactly. Um, but yeah, he did. And uh, oh, these movie posters are pretty fantastic. I should probably get a Gleaming the Cube poster for uh, <laughs> the penthouse. Nothing screams out this place is top notch than a Gleaming the Cube movie poster. That would be great on canvas. Just saying. Just saying. And... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, again, yeah, Christian Slater basically becomes a vigilante to take down the people that killed his brother. <laughs> and I don't I don't remember it all that well. I watched The Chase again, which Tony Hawk, the motherfucking Tony Hawk, the greatest skateboarder in all of history. Tony motherfucking Hawk is in the film. He doesn't have a very big role, but he works for Pizza Hut. <laughs> and there's a big chase scene 
at the end where uh they're the main baddie um uh, steals a cop car i guess and is <laughs> he's uh forcing this somebody else to drive if i remember correctly he's got like a couple hostages and they're driving away in this cop car and uh Christian Slater at that point has already built his skateboard, his metal skateboard. And boy, is he ever gleaming the cube. And uh, he uh, he's trying to chase this this cop car down. He's in with a, this cop that uh, I believe commandeers like Christian Slater's parents' car or something of that nature. It's this like fucking shitty ass 80s car. What was it? Like Cutlass or something. I'm not sure what it is. And uh, it's the door gets taken off, and this car clearly, I mean, it has no power. But yet somehow they're keeping it pretty up, pretty well. This cop car that's got the the sirens going on, you know, and probably a way better engine. And then uh, as that's going on, um, they <laughs> they have. Uh, of course, the cop gets holed up in traffic. He gets stuck, and he can't keep up with the uh, the bad the baddie of the film. And uh, Christian Slater's like gets out and like decides he's gonna catch up to him on his skateboard because that makes sense that uh, someone on a skateboard is going to be able to <laughs> take catch up to a speeding cop car on a highway. He gets out and he uh, starts. Uh, he finds a Corvette that uh, this cop car hit, and he's like, "Hey, that guy's not really a cop. You should go get him." And then he just like uh, grabs a hold of the Corvette as it's speeding along to uh, capture the uh, the cop car or get up to him. I don't know what this guy in the Corvette thinks he's gonna do once he gets up to this cop car. Like, yeah, you you get that motherfucker for sideswiping the old old Corvette. Which, it's funny because of all the vehicles that are chasing this cop car, the Corvette seems to be having the hardest time catching it. Which, again, it would, you know, not exactly a car expert, but I know enough to know that perhaps the Corvette probably had the more horsepower of all the vehicles chasing this thing. Because that there was ended up being the, the crew of skateboarders that were friends with Christian Slater, with, including the... Mr. Tony Hawk, again, the greatest skateboarder of all time. Of course, he's not. Uh, to be fair, though, Tony Hawk's not known for being a street skater. He's he's a vert guy. 1080, that's his big thing, doing the vert stuff. So <laughs> maybe this is why the, the they did what they did with Tony Hawk and Gleaming the Cube. But I, you know, I, I haven't said just just what they did just yet. Again, big epic chase scene of the movie. It's supposed to be the high. High adrenaline chase of the film, the real, the real action part of it, and uh, they're they're going through. Uh, I guess they're in California, L.A. or whatever, and uh, yeah, I think it takes place in California somewhere. But uh, Tony Hawk's buddies um, are gonna get in it on the chase too, and they all work for like Pizza Hut. Tony Hawk works for Pizza Hut, and uh, they all hop in the back of this little fucking. I, th- 
I don't remember if it's a Toyota. It's a little pickup truck, tiny little pickup truck that I'm sure has fucking no horsepower compared to this cop car and Corvette. And even if it does, you know, it's not meant to go fast. I don't, I don't think so. And yet it has a way easier time catching up to this cop car than this Corvette or the fucking, (laughs) well, to be fair, the, the truck would probably do better than what the cop is driving. The real cop to chase down the bad guy um again though but uh like it's pretty ridiculous they have a big group of skateboarders that jump in the back of this truck and got to be weighing the fucker down a lot you know which is gonna hurt your speed you're gonna need more power to uh push it forward you're gonna need a lot more gas and it's gonna create a lot more drag so uh you would think it would be more difficult for that vehicle to catch him. But, of course, Christian Slater meets up with them. And, of course, the the kicker to it all is that uh, Tony Hawk, of all the skaters, is the one driving the truck. He's not even doing any skating. He's in the movie, but he's driving the truck. I, I don't know. Maybe he was injured at the time. I know, unfortunately, he's uh, just had surgery. He broke his femur or something recently. I mean, he's pushing like 60, but he's had uh, had a little rough. Um, he got, uh, he was just doing a, a cover of, uh, he sang Dead Kennedy's, uh, oh, man. It's a song they did that's a uh, police truck, I guess, the name of it, that, uh, they have in the Tony Hawk games just fun fact side note (laughs) but again I don't know why Tony Hawk this is before he was like huge I mean he was known in the skating community at this point but Tony Hawk's pro skater didn't come out till what like late 90s early 2000s so that's when Tony Hawk's fame at least went through the fucking roof but if you were familiar with the skating community you probably would have been aware of Tony Hawk I was never actually a skater, but I remember being interested in skating and watching a lot of skating before, um, not like a lot, but I mean, I watched some and I was aware of it and all before the pro Hawk skater game came out. Pro Hawk. (laughs) Tony Hawk pro skater. Pro Hawk. (laughs) Now that, that just makes me think of Stallone and over the top. Mike Hawk or, uh, that actually Mike Hawk, I think was his son. Lincoln Hawk or something was Stallone's name. It's something Hawk. Oh, uh, over the top. Over the top so good. <laughs> Pro Hawk Skater. <laughs> uh that would be a different game. Um <laughs> Pro Hawk. Uh a crossover between Tony Hawk, Pro Skater, plus over the top. Now that oh, you know what? This is kind of making for an interesting game. This could be like a... You could mix in, you know... Th- just a game in general of over the top would be fantastic. Now that, I, now that I'm like spitballing this. If you... <laughs> you could have like... Uh, almost like Mike Tyson's punch out, you know? Like uh, in between the uh, fights. Because, you know, you have the arm wrestling competitions you got to go through. And you got you to gotta win them. And uh, <laughs> in between that, like, there's driving parts. 
Like, in Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, in between the fights, there's uh, the training sequences with uh, uh, whatever the, the little boxer's name. He's got a name. <laughs> and then his coach, where they're like, he's the coach is riding the bike and the little dude is is running. It could be like that with Over the Top, but, you know, uh, <laughs> you're, like, driving the semi and then, like, lifting weights while driving <laughs> in between. There could be little, little side missions like that. I mean, you could, like, uh, add in and stuff. Um, I wonder if anybody, somebody, I can't be the only individual to ever think that Over the Top should be a video game, right? <laughs> this, is, this movie's been out a long time. If I could typewrite, that would uh, that would that would help. Apparently, Dillwood has thought this um, over the top missions in video games. Um, hmm. No, the, apparently there's over the top Canadian War Museum. I don't think that has anything to do with the. Uh, the Canadian War had nothing to do with the Stallone movie, correct? <laughs> uh, no. Hmm. There's a uh, man that w- that would be fantastic, though. They, c- I, you know, I don't know if there's enough to the movie over the top to create a game. Unfortunately, Robert Loja's dead, so you won't get him. But maybe you can use an AI. To create the the lo- Loja voice, he's got to be the antagonist of the game, Robert Loja, Robert Loja. <laughs> uh, which makes brings me back to Scarface, and he's supposed to be Cuban, which I can buy Pacino's cu- being Cuban-ish, but Loja, I have a hard time by Ro- Robert Loja being Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking, like spray him up like Donald Trump. Get the uh, fake tan shit and everything, and he's still just Ramalogia. Yeah, I'm from Cuba. <laughs> I I fucking love Robert Loja though. Fun, you know. Just saying, I fucking love Robert Loja. Fucking big. I mean, Scarface. Over the top. The man was the man was a fucking true legend. True, true fucking legend. Though I still don't buy him as Cuban. <laughs> Robert Loja. Uh, now I'm trying to think Robert Loja speaking Spanish. And it's just, it's hard to, to put that in my brain. Have him like. <laughs> Como esta, Robert Loja. <laughs> yo, yo soy Robert Loja. Donde esta la biblioteca? Hey, I can't. Uh, I need to ro- watch some Robert Loja so I can kind of get the the Loja down. But I, it's just when I think Robert Loja, I just the gravelness to the voice. Robert Loja, Loja. As yeah, I'm hurting, hurting my voice. Uh, uh I think over the top could make a, a game though. You can make a game. I don't know that. I don't know how you make arm wrestling like real complicated in a game, though. 
Maybe there could be real, you know, it would be one of those, there was the old classic games, and they did this up until, like, the original PlayStation. They would put this in kind of games a little bit here and there, but the NES days. Now, this wouldn't, over the top, I don't think would make for, like, a good big budget uh, game. It's not going to be, like, a multi online multiplayer, like, COD-type game or anything like this, or Mortal Kombat. Um... But I could see it being some kind of a indie type game, and maybe a point and click kind of thing adventure of over the top. Uh, but the arm wrestling—I mean, there's not much you can do. It's just gonna be button combos, button mashing. That was what they used to do on the original NES and stuff when they had arm wrestling, because there was the Olympic Games, if I remember. There was—I don't remember exactly what it was called, but there was an arm wrestling deal in their Olympics and you had to just mash the fuck out of the buttons. I remember there being a few games I think that incorporated arm wrestling and it was just like hit this button as fast and as hard as you can. (laughs) And that's how you beat it. Right, Michael Jackson? Even the... (laughs) Yeah. Just beat it. Beat it. You know that that song, it's a parody of the Weird Al song, Eat It. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, love me some Weird Al. Anyway. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know that they would make a great game. It would be fun. It would be fun to have, like, Robert Loja and S- Stallone. You know, like, we, we need a game on this stuff, you know? With have like, uh, you know, we'll do like AI and talking like Robert Lozier, you know? Hell, we'll make him Cuban again. Yeah, he did such a great job in Scarface, you know? Uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, with the AI, you know, you don't need to, like, paint him, like, brown. You just, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just have him that way, you know? Uh, I'm afraid, though, if they made a game out of it, it would turn out like Facebook's Event Horizons and that it's just going to be you pump a billion dollars into it and you just get some shit with no legs. That would just be a letdown. It would be a huge letdown. <laughs> As uh, <laughs> of all the Stallone movies to make a video game out of, like Over the Top would probably be like the worst next to Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Which, of course, apparently... Uh, Schwarzenegger, uh, like, conned him into doing that because he jokingly had someone contact Stallone's agent or something of that uh, nature to uh, convince Stallone that Arnold was going to be doing Stop or My Bob Will Shoot. Uh, So then Stallone would, very being the competitive person that he is, do it instead of Arnold. And he did. And guess what? It's a terrible film. Hey, what do you mean? It's still with, you know, my, my mom. She's cleaning the gun and singing, you know. It's like great. It's like great comedy, you know. I think, uh, too, Stallone, you know, he's very competitive against, like, Arnold. And that uh, at the time, this had to have been right, because I think Kindergarten Cop was, like, the first, like, kind of, 
or no, no, Twins. Twins or Kindergarten Cop. One of those two really was the first real comedy that Arnold had done. I don't remember what came first. But it was around that time that he was doing those films that uh, Stallone was like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you can do like comedy. You know? I was like, why don't I? Like, yeah, yeah, let's do this movie. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and if you haven't seen it, you know, give yourself a treat. Go ahead and watch Stop or My Bob Will Shoot. Which actually probably might make a better video game than Over the Top, now that I've really worked this through my brain. But I just love the cheesiness of Over the Top and the fact that the whole premise for the movie is the fact that Sly Stallone's character <laughs> is arm wrestling for the custody of his son. Um, <laughs> so So classic. So classic. You know, when the prize at the end of the line is to see your boy. That's powerful. That's powerful. It will make you smash any other guy's arm. No matter how big the those pythons might be, you will rip a man's arm off if it means you get to continue having a relationship with your child. You know, most people... <laughs> Giving, you know, having issues with uh, custody and stuff. And you go, you know what? I might want to go get, like, a better job or something of that nature. Stallone? No. Hey, you know, I'm going to just, like, which I guess his main profession is a truck driver in the film. I mean, he kind of moonlights the arm wrestling because apparently, (laughs) I imagine this is true, but there's not a whole lot of money in arm wrestling. I guess unless you're over the top. Um (laughs) which actually is Stallone's technique to win. When he wants to win, he turns the hat sideways and goes, over the top, you know? Uh, (laughs) I love the turn of the hat sideways. Oh, the power move. The power move. Mm. I, I would say, though, of the Stallone movies, it's my favorite still Demolition Man. That one's just beyond fantastic. Good. I do I do have a special love for over the top. Mm. With that with that being said, I think I think I'm done here. Um there's not much more I can speculate on any wh- how a, a video game for over the top would be cuz frankly I don't know how you would make that into a video game other than a couple of button mashing scenes. I'm not sure. I mean you could have button combos to do stuff. I don't know. I don't know how you would work that. Unless it was a VR thing. I mean, like maybe you could have a VR over the top, and you're actually using the controller to like. And there's like, no, I don't. <laughs> it would have to be like one of those arcade machines, I guess, and it had like an actual arm <laughs> that you had to wrestle, <laughs> and then, uh, to see if you could actually beat it. You know, beat it. I don't know that they've ever had any video game systems like that. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm all right. One last Google search here: arm wrestling arcade. It, did this ever happen? Apparently so. Uh, in 1985, it was a yeah. There was a spinoff of uh, 
Arm Wrestling is a 1985 arcade game developed by Nintendo and released only in North America as a spin-off of the Punch-Out series and created by the same development team. Arm Wrestling has many of the same features such as dual monitor system and quirky computer components. So yeah, it was basically <laughs> uh it was not as popular as Punch-Out. No shocker there. Oh, Mac, Little Mac, I guess was the name of or no, I don't remember the name of. Uh, there was some characters, I guess, that were a cross out, a crossover from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Little Mac was the original boxer's name. That's what I was forgetting earlier. Uh, there's Texas Mac. <laughs> it looks like a shitty game. I don't know how the controls work exactly. Hmm. Oh, seeing the pictures of it, it does actually have, like, an arm that you can wrestle. Oh, this is a different, like, a more old-school one. Yeah, I thought there was some sort of thing like that, because I know there's the things, the punching games, and they got the stuff where you can just test your grip and and everything. So, yeah, I thought maybe there was, like, a... Oh, man, this Mr. Muscle one looks pretty fucking awesome. Dude, this would be (laughs) one hell of a... Thing to have in the penthouse here. This Mr. Mu- oh, I gotta re- see about this. I feel like I'm going down a bad rabbit hole. It's gonna leave me here all night. Um, let's see here. Uh, this is off of the armwrestlingarchives.com. Uh, arm wrestling amusement devices, the best machines in the arcade. Coin operated strength testing amusement devices have always had a particular lure for me whenever I come cross one an arcade or a fair I still feel compelled to try it out to prove to myself and to anyone else who may be watching that I'm sick strong I always hope to reach the he-man gorilla or superman level but realize that depending on the machine's setting a less impress- impressive result like loverboy is a possibility I like grip strength testers but my favorite devices are arm wrestling machines specifically the ones where you must grab a mechanical arm or lever and pull it down to hopefully show everyone that you're the boss. I've seen and tried a few of these over the years and thought it would be interesting to see just how many different types of these devices are out there. It turns out there are quite a few. The earliest coin operated arm wrestling machine of which I'm aware of is the Golden Arm, which came out in June of 1969. It was developed by Midway Manufacturing, an American company that made mechanical arcade games. The game consists of a metal lever with a handle in the rough shape of a hand that uh, the player must grasp and pull down. Depending on the player's strength, the device assigns one of the following results. Weakling, Flower Child, Better Eat Your Wheaties, Banana Crusher, Okay as a lover, but stay away from your mother-in-law? What? (laughs) What does that mean? Okay as a lover, but stay away from your mother-in-law? Does that mean your mother-in-law beat the shit out of you? I'm not sure what they... What are they insinuating? Uh, Piano mover. That seems pretty strong. That seems pretty strong. And Are they referring to you beating off? Like, what... I'm not sure what they're getting at. Anyway, past piano mover, which... That's pretty strong. Pianos are fucking heavy. They're a bitch to move. Then there's nobody better fool around with your gal. Followed with world's champ or you belong in a zoo. (laughs) This one. 
which I feel like I'm just going to kind of leave it off. There's, there is a bunch of these fuckers. And, uh, I'm just going to go to the, oh, there's a Popeye one. Looks pretty great. Uh, there's, yeah, there's a bunch of them, man. Uh, I am going to go back though, which if I can go back, this list just seems to go on forever. There's been a, a quite a history of these arm wrestling games. Um, I I feel like there probably wasn't over the top at some point in the, in this fashion in this vein, but this next one I just want to read this for Mister Muscle. Do the simplicity of the gold of uh, the golden arms design. It's not unusual to see re- refurbished versions. With customized artwork, my personal favorite arm wrestling machine and the one I've competed against the most times is the Mr. Muscle Machine. Most of these were manufactured in the 80s by Zamperla, an Italian amusement device company. There were two types of Mr. Muscle Machines, those that featured four strength levels and those that featured eight strength levels. The hook of the machines uh, was always very similar with a huge armed tough looking guy flanked by two cheering women however minor tweaks to the appearance of these characters were common there were also marquee variations which um this thing i mean it's just it's just <laughs> the strong guy i mean he looks like some horrible cartoon character of a villain and uh then he's got two hotties on on the outsides and the one's kind of in a bikini type situation and you get a little bit of side boob <laughs> going on there and it looks almost like she's having an erection or something or an erection i don't think she has a heart on she's having an orgasm what <laughs> uh i'm still a little tired um but uh it looks super cheesy and uh it the colors of it I mean, it looks very 70s to me, the colors on this particular one, the pictures of it. It's got that 70s orange and green look that looks like, you know, right out of Price is Right, the Bob Barker Price is Right days. And, uh, yeah, I definitely definitely hit that up. But, uh, yeah, I'm really ending it now. I think that's a good place to end it as – as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.